The G bombs stands for greens, beans, onions, mushrooms, berries, and seeds. And the point I'm making is that we can, anal we can look at any food individually and see its anti-cancer power. But when we put together a dietary portfolio that includes all these foods every day, that's when we're able to disease-proof the body against cancer. Hi, everybody. This is Diane Gilman, formerly the Queen of Genes on HSM, but now the proud announcer of my own podcast, which is Too Young to Be Old. And part of being too young to ever grow old is your diet and what you put in your body. And it is truly my honor today to have Dr. Furman, seven, seven best-selling books on nutrition, New York Times bestseller list, Eat for Life, Eat to Live, and it goes on and on, and they're all informational, and they're all topical, and honestly, Eat to Live started the whole revolution with really starting to get um, a concern about what you put into your body. So without further ado. Welcome, Dr. Furman. It is so good to have you here. Thank you. Great to be here again. Well, I'm going to ask you, um, is, were your books primarily weight loss books or are they how to live a better life kind of books? Yes. There are three, three topics. One is how to lose weight and keep it off the rest of your life. The other one, they're longevity books. They slow aging, stay younger with your full physical and mental faculties and have better lifespan, health span, and play span. Have a That's better life. And number three, the dietary portfolio that maximizes human lifespan is also therapeutically effective to reverse disease. So when <gasps> you get away, get rid of their high blood pressure medications, get off the cholesterol, get rid of their diabetes, get rid of their high blood pressure, get rid of their asthma, get rid of their psoriasis, get rid of their chronic headaches, get rid of their fatigue, get rid of their rheumatoid arthritis. In other words, we use these, this methodology to reverse disease more powerful than drugs. Drugs don't do, it's like a scam. A person, for example, the leading cause of death for adults is heart attacks and strokes, leading heart attacks, the leading cause of death. And the age of death has continued to go down in spite of peaking, taking all those drugs. We're not having less people dying of heart attacks or living longer and dying of heart attacks at a later age. We're having shortening lifespan because the drugs give you this false sense of security because your numbers look okay, so you think you're okay to keep eating the same diet that causes the heart to problems to begin with, so inevitably you get worse. And between 1950 and 2020, the lifespan of Americans has continually gone in the wrong direction. Yeah. In spite yeah, of what yeah. the question is doing, because the, our wastes have, have gotten larger. I will tell you, and I believe I told you, we always have an intro call with our guests before we go on there, that um, my GP took my cholesterol and my blood pressure and said, oh my God, you're going to die. You're going to drop dead of high cholesterol any day now. I got to put you on statins. And I thought, they don't want to be on drugs. I just got finished with breast cancer. I had enough drugs. And so I said, give me six months. 
I've been eating a lot of vanilla ice cream and it was last holiday season and uh, a lot of eggnog and all the horrible things that you would eat. And guess what? I brought it all into complete perfection. She sounded disappointed. She said, oh, your cholesterol is perfect. Oh, your blood pressure is perfect. I don't think that doctors necessarily um, want to see you do it themselves. I think they feel that they get you into a lane of taking drugs. And that leads me to a big question, which is not only Ozempic, but they just, the FDA just okayed a new drug that is supposed to, and I don't really understand this, bring your chances of having a heart attack down by 20%, and you're going to lose up to 16 pounds, and you can still have your food addictions. What are your thoughts on this, and how does this work? Well, to comment on your first think point you made was that, yes, doctors are financially rewarded by prescribing more medication, and they're um, they're hindered or their their ratings go down, their approval ratings go down that are scored by insurance companies based on how much they can get paid when they don't prescribe medications. So if you are, they have a population of patients that are not are using lifestyle medicine and getting off their drugs, they can have their ratings go down and their payments go down. Unbelievable. So they're encouraged to be more prescribers. N- number two, the other point you're making is that when drugs first come out, there's a lot of big hoopla, how great they are. Neck, look at Nexium, Prilosec, these drugs for acid reflux, and they now are linked to um, higher heart attack rates. The drugs for osteoporosis cause atrial fibrillation and jaw necrosis. The, the statin drugs cause diabetes and weight gain. The, in other words, the, we learn in medical school that all drugs are toxic, and the more powerful they are, the more likely they're cancer promoters. But the point is, is that when hormone replacement for women came out in the 1970s, every doctor was pushing them how they're going to make you live longer and keep you younger and protect your bones. And then they found out by 1985, 1990, the studies finally came out. Once they're on the market for 20 years, they finally realize, oh, people are dying more from the hormone replacement, more breast cancer, more heart attacks. That's me. Yeah, the same thing I'm we're going to see with these it. drugs too. So the Ozempic, all these medications, we're going to—they're not going to know the the risks right now. It'll take fifteen years, ten years, and then we'll see those people using that drug for weight loss will have higher rates of cancer. We don't get something for nothing. Yeah, poisons, and they get and you pay a price if you rely on them, and you can slow gastric emptying by eating vegetables, beans, and a little nuts and seeds with the meal, like flat, like especially chia seeds, which swell in the gut with a little bit of water. We can use chia seeds in water with a little bit of bean mixed with a vegetable-based meal, and you slow gastric emptying. And then people, so people learn how to eat right. They don't increase their rate of cancer to lose weight, because you could smoke cigarettes to lose weight, but that's not gonna be, a, that's not gonna prolong your lifespan. We don't have the long-term <laughs> studies. To, we don't have the long-term studies to see if that methodology of weight loss is really going to be um, actually extend lifespan. That takes time. And with statin, but, like statin drugs only um, increase longevity in one out of a th- approximately one out of a thousand people. They mostly whoa. because they balance because they cause weight gain. They, they increase risk of diabetes. And most people, there's and heart disease is much more complicated than just your LDL cholesterol number. There's a lot of factors going on that cause that, that they don't address. But I do feel that Americans 
have a very short attention span and they want it now and that success of, oh, you're going to lose 16 pounds within a month and a half is very appealing to them. But I have a very personal question, which is, I have really bad arthritis in both my knees from being a runner for most of my life. And you mentioned earlier in this podcast that um, you could give a diet to somebody like me that would perhaps alleviate a bit of my arthritic condition because I'm really fighting at this point not to have knee replacement. I, I want to work it out. So the only thing I did was give up as much as I could gluten. And then somebody just recently said to me, well, you should really, because I love salt. Uh, you should really cut down on your salt because that of course is weight gain through water retention and the water retention is swelling. I'm asking you is what can I do? What, what can I do with my diet that's going to help me with the physical therapy I'm going through and possibly improve my condition, which is pretty painful. Certainly taking out gluten is not going to help. That's just silly. You know, one in 50 people might be sensitive to gluten. It's very, it's not, wouldn't be a cause of osteoarthritis. Really? Okay. In any case, the first thing people should do is read my book, Eat for Life. I know it sounds self-promoting, but it's not making one change like adding flax seeds or taking fish oil. It's taking, it's doing the whole program that reduces inflammation in the body and you have to eat right. And that means you have to cut out processed foods and salt, like you're mentioning, does not just raise blood pressure and intra, increase intravascular volume. It's a, it increases risk of stomach cancer, but it weakens the interior lining of blood vessels and it suppresses immunity. It suppresses your immune function. So you're actually having more rate of cancer. You're aging faster. You're aging your blood vessels. You're increasing risk of hemorrhagic stroke. But the major, but we're talking about osteoarthritis of your knees. The place we look first is your feet. We, we check you not have pronated feet and give you an orthotic and an inner heel wedge to make sure your feet are right balanced. It's not related to exercise, like being a runner or a basketball player or a soccer player. There's no relation to sports and arthritic pain or how much you ran. It's whether you ran in proper alignment. If your foot is pronated and you exercised, it puts more wear and tear on the inside of your knee. So it has to do with the structure of your feet and legs. We'd align your feet and legs right, Obviously, your weight pays a role, but the biggest factor in it is inflammation and blood flow. Those are the biggest factors. And joint deterioration and cartilage deterioration is a sign that of, of, of decreased blood flow and atherosclerosis. It starts in the back of the joints, then it moves to the heart secondary. So we got to get the blood flow increased. We have to get people off all animal fats and oils and move them on as a source of fat from nuts and seeds and avocado, not oils and animal fats, which cause sludging of the blood, which means the red blood cells stick together like a stack of coins, and it can't get into the microcirculation. You have to have, you can't have the blood sticking together, the sticky blood. So you're right, sugar, oil, animal fats, we have to get a person eating G-bombs, the greens, the beans, the onions, the mushrooms, the berries, the seeds, structurally align the leg properly, and then we use a machine that I have this machine at my retreat. It's where, where you're treating people's knees who have problems like that, or hips, or frozen shoulder, 
or Achilles tendonitis or plantar fasciitis, we get them walking again. The machine breaks down scar tissue, takes out the calcifications, and heals the cartilage. It's called soft wave TRT. I'm like a promoter for the company, but- Is that a red light? No, it's, it's, uh, it's like, you know how you heard of lithotripsy to break up kidney stones? This has yeah. a, it has a wave, it has a bubble, a bubble handle with, filled with water, with fluid, and you put the, the fluid against the, the skin and it pulsates with an electrical and physical shock to break up calcifications and scar tissue and stimulate stem cell regeneration of the cartilage. And people could look on their website and put their zip code in and find a provider that's close to them. You don't have to come to San Diego to have me do it for you. There are providers all over the country for this. And before people consider surgery for most any problem, shoulder injury or, uh, or a torn, you know, a torn meniscus or an ACL rip or whatever they're, or a sprained ankle, whatever they're considering surgery for, carpal tunnel, don't do carpal tunnel surgery. You know, this works for, you know, so we have people who follow the diet, lose the weight, get in health, use the shockwave, their carpal tunnel is gone, they cancel their surgeries. So this is, you don't do surgery, you do shock, it's called soft wave TRT. And you, and it, it's not, it's, you know, it's safe, it can't hurt anything. And in most cases, in the majority of cases, it fixes this stuff. Now, okay. one, once you're bone against bone and you have no cartilage left, then, then, you're not, then these things are not going to fix you because it can, you, need some, you need some skeletal architectural structure that holds, material, that holds cartilage. But if you're, if, you don't, if you're already totally destroyed, then these um, more gentle methods are not going to put you back in good shape again. You know I mean? use gel shots. I'm getting my set of gel shots. Right. And well, that's, that's not as effective as this. This is more effective. Yeah, but I'm already sort of bone on bone. But, oh, you're already bone on bone. Then, then this is not going to be that effective. And then we got to look at your feet too. You got to look to see if your feet are pronated, and give you. And I recommend this orthotic on um, on Amazon. It costs like thirty five bucks. I recommend Power Step Pinnacle Max that you for people who are pronated, which is about sixty percent of the population is pronated. Their feet fall in, and you get this. And you My put it, feet fall in. They it, say I have flat feet, but yeah, I think and you put it into your, a good pair of a good quality pair of cushion shoes, like a good running shoe. And you put this, you pull out the line, you put this in, and sometimes I add an inner heel wedge under the power step pinnacle max to help lift up the inside of the foot to keep the person in neutral alignment. So we're very much making sure the aesthetic, the um, alignment of the body is proper too. So tell me, you are a believer that nutrition works better than drugs. And I'm on your, I'm on your side. Mm -hmm. I would so much rather deal with my diet and change it. Tell me what are some of the most amazing and exciting disease reversal cases you've seen through dietary change and discipline? Yeah, I mean, this is the, so rewarding, and I'm so blessed to have this opportunity to be working with people and, and help people. It's so personally satisfying. You know, 75% of the diabetics that come here are non-diabetic within the first month, and they're, and they're off their blood pressure medications as well. Some people take a few months to get totally well, but more than 90% of our, di our type 2 diabetics get, become non-diabetic, and, and people almost always come off their blood pressure medications and their cholesterol-owned drugs. And, and, you know, we know that 
the more diabetic medications you're taking, the higher the risk of death. And we, the ACCORD study was stopped by the US government in 2008 that showed that people getting more medical care at higher risk of death and higher morbidity and mortality and people getting less medical appointments and less medical attention because the more drugs they were prescribed to lower the blood sugars, the higher it accelerated their death. So, but as far as what are the most fascinating stories are, are you know, for example, we have um, young women who develop lupus, which can cause them to need a new kidney you know, so I had a, a young woman, for example, with a creatinine of 4.2 on the n national transplant list, waiting for a new kidney, uh. made, made a complete recovery, creatinine went down to 0 0.8, no longer had lupus anymore. All these people making complete recoveries. Many, um, you know, lupus kills people. I had one, I can go on to more cases, but we've had many people with ulcerative colitis get their health and back. It didn't have to have one guy was in the hospital. They wanted to cut his colon out and put a bag on. And he oh. came and lived in my house for a few months. This was years ago. And he made it, you know, got well. I had a, was living in the bedroom upstairs. But, but I, I've always, even when I, even years ago, I rented a large house um, in Flemington, New Jersey, where I used to be located. And I'd have people come and stay with me for a, a long time. They come from all over the world to try to, you know, nurse them back to health again through natural methods. Even, but, but in any case, um, there was a person who was like one, um, one girl, she had missed three, she missed three years of schooling because her headaches were so severe. She could had to be home in bed and they had her hospitalized at Brigham Young in Boston or something. And she, you know, so these people, and they get well in a few months, they're off all their drugs, no more headaches the rest of her life. You know, whether it's psoriatic arthritis, ulcerative colitis, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, scleroderma, Sjogren's syndrome, or just heart disease, strokes, or look at these cancer cases. Like I have a woman who had ovarian cancer spread to her lung, four liters of fluid taken out of her lung in 1997, given six months to live. She's still alive today. That's just an example. Still alive. And 1997. What's that compared to now? 1997 to now is 25 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. How many people you know with those metastatic ovarian cancer alive 25 years later? I had a woman who had a woman who had metastatic breast cancer to her bones that made a complete recovery where the bone, the, the whole thing disappeared. You know, okay. we have so, incredible cases over the last, and I've obviously, you know, I've been doing this for almost, you know, more than 35 years. So I've lost right. and I, stories. I have a very intimate knowledge about cancer because I had breast cancer. And I had friends who fell on the ground crying, begging me not to get chemotherapy, telling me that they could give me a doctor who in the Philippines who was going to pull it out of me or a doctor somewhere else who was going to give me an amazing drink to drink every day. And having stage three cancer, I, I went, I, chose chemotherapy because I also knew literally 100% of the women I knew who had breast cancer and said, I don't want to lose my hair. I don't want to get chemotherapy. I'm just going to drink a green drink every day and I'm going to get better, did not get better and did not survive. So when you say, so you I ask you, is it really possible to treat cancer with healthy diet, how do you go about doing that? Or, or like in my case, could you couple me going through chemotherapy and radiation 
and you add a healthy diet, knowing there's all these restrictions from chemotherapy and losing your immune system, how would it work that you would give a diet to someone like me who went through eight months of chemotherapy? Okay. The first thing we have to put into context is that chemotherapy doesn't work for postmenopausal garden variety breast cancer. When I say it doesn't work, in other words, the most common breast cancers are postmenopausal estrogen positive cancers. And if you do a meta analysis and all the people undergoing chemotherapy, the average increase in lifespan from chemotherapy is two to three months. Oh my God. Number two, there are early stage, more aggressive cancers that people mostly get premenopausal that are very aggressive and they can kill people that if they don't get chemotherapy, they will not survive. So there are some breast cancers where chemotherapy are absolutely needed because the cancer is very aggressive. Generally speaking, the more aggressive cancers that are replicating more rapidly unravel their DNA as they are replicating rapidly. When the DNA unravels, they're more exposed to be damaged from the chemotherapy. So the more aggressive cancers, chemo is more effective for. For slowly growing cancers, and many people with postmenopausal breast cancer don't die of their breast cancer. They die of heart attacks or something else. So the cancer is so slowly growing, they're never going to die of the breast cancer. Just like the major cause of death in men with prostate cancer is heart attacks. It's not even the prostate cancer. There's a higher chance of dying of a heart attack than there is of the prostate cancer because the prostate cancer grows so slowly. And because it grows so slowly, chemo is not effective. Chemo is only effective based on how fast the cancer is growing. More severe cancers growing more rapidly, chemo is effective. More slow-growing cancers that don't likely to kill you, chemo is less effective. Now, um, let's say you have an aggressive cancer where you absolutely needed cancer because it was rap replicating rapidly. Then what happens is the cells that, that escape, and, and those cells that escape and aren't killed by chemo, are ones that will kill you when the cancer comes back five or 10 years later because those cells are harder to kill now because they escape the chemo, they're resistant to chemo to begin with. So this is where nutri nutritional excellence can enable the immune system to seek out and destroy called apoptosis of escaped cells where the, that the chemo did not kill. See, the, the, the nutrition of the diet can't go in there and, and destroy the whole mass. There's too much of a cancer load for the immune system, even if they're eating super healthy. So, so surgically removing the mass is still necessary or valuable. Chemo is sometimes useful, but most cases, like I said, most breast cancer, it's not useful. Most common breast cancer, it's not, it's not significantly useful. The benefits are so slight. <laughs> but here's when the benefits are slight or not even there, that's when nutrition wins the rat roost. It wins by a thousandfold more effective, but you still have to remove the primary mass you still have to undergo surgical resection of the cancer. And then because the nutrition enables the immune system to take care of stray cells, but not clusters of cells that have formed tumors or masses. So it depends on what type of cancer and how advanced it is. But so if the, if the mass has already formed tumors and masses, those have to be treated and then chemo can get the stray cells. If, it hasn't formed, if it's one tumor that hasn't escaped or detected, then you just remove the main mass and you do nutrition. If it's a rapidly yeah. growing cancer that's growing very fast, then you got to do chemo. And then you, of course, do nutrition with the chemo to get stray cells that would have escaped chemo. But, uh, and, and of course, you know that you don't get that answer when you go to get treated it's if you don't get chemo you are going that's right to perish and so you never question you never question 
any of it. And, and I, I, you know, I gave up dairy because it has a lot of estrogen in it from what they give cows and stuff. And I gave up red meat and I never had to give up alcohol. I don't even like it. And I didn't smoke, but you know, for most major diseases in America, when you go to a doctor, you are never given a dietary alternative to even help yourself along. But I, I could talk to you forever, but we sort of have to wrap this up. And I'm going to ask you one last question. You talk about G-bombs, and those are your big dietary points to helping yourself along. Could you very briefly name, I think you said there were five of them or seven yes, of them. Six of them. Could you list each one of them and the primary effect before we have to end this truly fascinating podcast? Sure. Um, the word G-bombs, B-O-M-B-S, stands for the six foods with the most scientific research to show they can prevent the body from getting cancer. Those, the, the most longevity promoting, but the most cancer effective foods, and each one of them looked at individually, is radically protective against cancer. For example, a study on women who had breast cancer, followed for a decade, who had a little bit of flaxseed, a little bit of lignin from flax, and they had a 71% decreased risk of dying over that 10 year period. Oh compared to women who didn't have the lignin from flax. And that's, that, that was just um, a third of a milligram of lignin when a teaspoon of ground flaxseed has seven milligrams in it. And that was women given it already had cancer. You start younger in life, it has more powerful effects. And they weren't even doing the whole diet. They were just doing the one thing. The point okay, of so is that chia seeds? Do, do those fall into the flaxseed thing? Cause... Oh, chia seeds and flaxseeds are rich sources of the anti-cancer lignans. Okay. We've got to grind them to get the most benefits. The flaxseed has more lignans than chia seeds do, but I recommend people use both. But the G-BOMBS stands for greens, beans, onions, mushrooms, berries, and seeds. And the point I'm making is that we can, anal we can look at any food individually and see its anti-cancer power. But when we put together a dietary portfolio that includes all these foods every day, that's when we're able to disease-proof the body against cancer. We have our salad every day. We have our cooked green vegetables every day. We have our oats or grain with the flax seeds or chia seeds and a cup of berries in the morning. We have a soup with the onions and mushrooms and beans in it. <coughs> Nutritarian diet doesn't only utilize G-bombs in the diet, obviously, but we utilize these foods in forms that allows them to get maximum immune system strength so we don't get pneumonia, dementia, and cancer. And the form, for example, we eat a lot of lettuce and, and raw cruciferous like arugula and baby bok choy or baby kale or microgreens or sprouts, and we chew it very well. And then we also use that stuff and cooked it in wok. So we're using, so we, and we're using shredded onion, shredded red onion or scallion on the salad, and we're using a dressing made from nuts and seeds, such as a blended or a navel orange blended with cashews, toasted sesame seeds, and some blood orange vinegar and lemon, or a garlicky tomato sauce mixed with almonds and black fig vinegar. Well, you see, the nutritarian diet uses the fat comes from a whole food that protects against cancer, like nuts or seeds, not by pouring oil on your food or by eating a lot of by eating animal fats. So where fat comes from a different source, and we're eating the fats, this beneficial fats with the vegetables 
to facilitate the absorption of these anti-cancer phytochemicals. So it's a diet designed for people who really want to be um, protected. And it doesn't just protect you against cancer. It protects you against heart attacks, strokes, and dementia too. And it also keeps us younger and more physically fit. And, and, and it seems crazy to me that more people don't do that because I know people, friends of mine, who are addicted to doctors. And whatever the doctor says, they feel really protected taking a new drug. But I don't know any doctors, really, that ever advocate diet over a drug or even diet along with a drug. There's a new specialty in medicine, new specialty called, it's a board certification in lifestyle medicine. And the American College of Lifestyle Medicine certifies doctors in lifestyle medicine. I was one of the founding members of these physicians. There's now thousands of these physicians across the country, including in New York City. Eric Adams got rid of the play, mayor, got rid of his diabetes using the diet uh, stuff. Yeah, and he right? was really heavy and, too. Yeah. And, he put, and he put a lifestyle medicine office with lifestyle medicine doctors in every hospital in New York City, paid for by the insurance companies and Medicare. So yeah, but let me tell you what, it's, doctor. It's, going, it's spreading. There's more pe- doctors doing this. I know it's only but, one, a thousand doctors right now, but more there are more doctors being cooked, you know, coming on board. Here's the point. I just learned that from you. And I went to Mount Sinai for my my cancer. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't know to ask for that because nobody tells you and it's not advertised. But I, I so, in a way, radically started to change my diet. I hired a cook that cooked nothing but pure organic all through my chemo. So my body wouldn't have to fight preservative chemicals on top of fighting chemo. Now, we have to wrap this up. I could talk to you for, I don't know, days. Um, This is truly fascinating. And I want to say to the audience, I hope this is a growing trend in America. Less drugs, more self-action through diet, and I'm about to make white onions and mushrooms to go into my barley soup. So I have really listened to Dr. Furman. I mean, he can kind of scare you a lot by what he has to say, but you can see where if you're somebody like me who always wants control, people, here's how to get control of your life. Get in charge and get educated by a genius like Dr. Furman with a truly healthy diet. Now, I don't think that I'm a candidate for going totally vegan, uh, but I'm, I'm inching my way there with two vegetarian to three vegetarian days a week. And Dr. Furman, I could talk to you forever. We're going to put all the information where you can understand how many books Dr. Furman has written, where you can get linked to his website and possibly decide that you want to go to his Eat to Live retreat, which sounds incredible. And thank you so much as a dietary expert and really a pioneer in dealing with disease through diet. Thank you so much for coming on to Young to Be Old. Good luck to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Be well, everybody. 
thank you so much for listening to Too Young to Be Old podcast. The episode may be over, but the fun doesn't have to stop here. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Diane Gilman, or visit our website, thedianegilman.com. If you like the show, leave us a rating or a review and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And until then, don't forget, age is just a number. Together, we'll prove that we are all too young to be old.